Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Alright, so I'm going to get this down for later. Okay, so here's what I learned in moving at this time. Or, you know, Jesus is the unified school theory first. Right? So let's uh, let's move that really quick into actual steps. So at every turn when I did this move, there were naysayers, there were people who said, you don't do this, oh, why don't you do this, why don't you do that? Now here's the thing. When you understand that Jesus is unified through field theory, you can move quickly, efficiently, effectively. Where people will say you're arrogant, they're actually projecting something maybe, but here's the thing is, that just because you don't go back and take their advice or you didn't, they didn't know you already did what it is they said that you should do, you know, if they get offended or whatnot, just keep moving forward, all right? The thing is, is that, you know, you can't move, you move through people's perceptions in life. You know, they have a perception of what the weather's doing or what the winds and the waves are like. You know, if you just relax and float, you know, you don't have to, you know, you know, sink. You know, you sink by struggling through it. And here's the thing is that even as I had every different people tell me, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, I said, well, I appreciate that you want to say that that's not possible, but I don't agree. And I don't have to agree because as soon as, because what happens is when people start saying stuff like that, well, people start leaving, like the, when the apostles and Jesus made it to the town, and it's time to go meet the woman. They're like, oh, we're too hungry. we got to go eat. So Jesus says, well, now's the time. He's like, no, no, we got to eat. We should eat. <laughs> Jesus goes. He makes the content. So here's the thing is that people are going to come up to you kind of like, you know, where Jesus, where Jesus was talking with Peter, with the, with the 12, and, and Peter comes up to him, and he says, uh, you know, that Jesus is saying how he's going to have to, to – you know, die eventually so that, you know, all can live. Peter says to him, no, that's not true. You don't have to do that. I mean, and, and Jesus calls him the devil for a second. Now, no, no, let's get this straight. He's not calling Peter, the, he's not calling Peter the devil. Peter's like his most favorite. He's his, he's his person he's going to pass the reins to. What he's saying to Peter is that what's coming out of his mouth is something that he shouldn't listen to. Because if he listens to it, he'll stop moving forward in what he's supposed to do. If in the same regard he's praying before God that he doesn't have to do it, because he knows that God could change things, he could move things around, he knows that other people could, you know, own up to things and move forward, he could see the dynamic of the gossip going on and what was happening, who was going to turn on him and when, because if you're wise, you can see those things. You know who's saying what and who's moving around or whatnot. You know you know with a dynamic, you can't speak into somebody's situation when you don't have a deep relationship with them, which is why Jesus spoke in parables. And if he didn't know you very well, when you asked him a question, he threw a question back at you. When you threw a law down, he told you uh, two scriptures that you weren't rubbing together. That you needed to in order to get to the right answer rather than a false one. Because the Bible does say that, uh, you know, peace is essentially a myth. There's always going to be war. And it also says that Jesus is peace beyond understanding. If you can't rub those two scriptures together where Jesus 
you know, I was talking about his his burden is uh, light. His, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. You don't rub those two scriptures together. You don't see that, you know, we always are going to have the temptations of the world. So there's always that there's that battle, just as Jesus was having that battle in that one moment with Peter, to not be tempted to believe. And you can move that to your minute steps every day. When you're tempted to go into a store and uh, buy something off the shelf that, you know, maybe isn't that great for you. So, you know, it's these little temptations that you, that you look at and you get, you know, uh, are you going to not get up and finish doing the dishes before the other day? These, this is the, the peace, doesn't it? Because when you think that peace sets in, you know, the, the enemies come in and they take advantage of you. Now, there's that personal step within your own life, and then there's that with, uh, you know, finances and other people in your community or whatnot, and then there's, you know, a, a global sense where, you know, if you relax, you know, and you think, oh, well, they're just such good people, why would they ever take advantage of me? Yeah, you take advantage of me. You know, it's not that, you know, everybody's going to take advantage of you. It's that certain people don't have the character to realize that it's not worth taking advantage of somebody. Even if somebody, like, you know, is ignorant and, you know, wants, you know, semi-be taken advantage of in, like, a financial way or whatever way, in retrospect, they're only going to be bitter about it. You know, is the principle of the breadbasket of the world with the Nile, um, you know, with the type of Egypt is that, you know, when Joseph, you know, made everybody essentially beholden to uh, pharaohs that generations later that ended up being a, a big deal it was a big problem because everyone was hooked and you know the the, the people um, the Jewish people grew in larger numbers they prospered and there became a fear and then so because of all of it um, it, it became a power struggle and so when they were the breadbasket of the world, they would go out and, you know, use that to leverage improperly. Now, there is proper leverage, but not improper leverage. Improper leverage is, you know, I'm leveraging, in a sense, to to uh, get, to, to like, you know, to rape you or something as far as, like, you know, a, a deal goes or something. But, or, you know, having somebody in a stranglehold like you could, you know, you know, take them out, but it's not, it's, I mean, it, it can be good, but it's only good if you're just trying to force them to do the right thing. It's not good if you're really trying to, like, take them out. And because when you do that, when you have the character to where you're willing to cheat on your wife, um, you know, essentially, uh, you know, or steal from, you know, it, it, essentially, nobody trusts and uh, it's very apparent, and it's, it's very difficult. So, you know, you end up being what you believe, but also you end up you end up being what you know as well. And so there are, there are those in life you will meet who are protected by God in such a way that you can meet them up and take them out. But over time, they will prosper. Over time, they'll prosper because they had a fear and trembling before the Lord. Not just, not just that they were holding on to bitterness. But they had a pursuit to reconcile whatever it was, and they can reconcile over time. And God protected them in their ways, 
And as they're able to see that, you know, they're in, in God's, uh, you know, in His discipline, His faithfulness and His discipline, and His uh, favor and request for you, you're able to, you know, see His love, His fingerprint, and all that. And it's a very beautiful um, to see that in one's life and how the angels that are in heaven are watching over you in different ways. And, you know, it's a... Uh, one of those things where the, the quicker you reconcile, you know, that usually when you're mad about something, you're usually also nervous about not getting that thing from somebody else. Mad somebody's not obeying you, you're usually not wanting to obey somebody else. When you are wanting someone to listen to you, uh, you're usually not listening to somebody else. Uh, so we're like this, it's like a philo, the first uh, philosopher said. We're like, everything's like water. You know? Some of us are floating, others of us are swimming, bumping into each other. Some of us are making such big waves that, like, you know, other people are struggling to swim next to you, you know, or they're going to, like, cover their eyes because you're splashing. Some of us are able to go into the deep end and swim the bigger waters. Some of us, uh, you know, learn to tread and, and, and swim much farther distance. Um, but others, you know, they fear getting, they're, like, drowning. They're fearing the drowning. And what happens is that as they're drowning, if somebody goes out, throws out in a canoe or or something where they're not capable, their boat's just going to tip and the person's going to drag them under as well, they're not going to save them, even if they're just fearing and that's the problem. I mean, they can just float. But you have to come in behind them in like a helicopter and drop down, tangled up, so someone can pull you up as well, get you out of there, which is why we have, you know, priests who confess to other priests, we have counselors who take who do counseling. It's because you need a lifeline. You can't just go in and save somebody. You need a lifeline. And that lifeline is God and prayer all these different things. But you need one. We all do. We all need each other, as Jesus would say. Um, you know, we're all uniquely gifted. We all have to do certain things. It's important to focus on what it is we're gifted. We don't find each other, you know, but come around and love one another. Don't justify divorce in one area and expect that people don't divorce in another. Don't demand loyalty, but not give it. You know, so it is important to love, but it's also important to know and understand those without love need to be shown charity. So we need to grow with them and not dismiss, you know, not caring about those people because it's too hard to care about those people. Because that person is you somewhere. So, you know, we all need prayer. We all need love. And if it's too hard to love somebody, pray for them. If it's too hard to be around somebody, you know, do something where you don't have to be around. But don't give up on them. Give them the faith and the grace you would want. 
don't have to have that loyalty. Maybe they haven't proved up over time. But faith and grace in somebody else does not cost anything. Uh, it means so much to somebody who has who has nobody. Because the person shooting their own horn is often never getting their horn shooted by anybody. They've been, they've been starving for love so much. They may go into something like a, a drug uh, uh, and they may utilize that to supplement steadiness and peace within their soul. They use it to supplement having peace within them. And in doing so, they get into a gate when you're young they might get into a gateway type situation into other drugs and it's not that it's a gateway situation it's that because the people that are around have that steady aid that steady feeling around that's what they're looking for they're seeking that common ground of steady community that peace and that's that's really what they're desiring that's why they go out and that's why they get hooked and that's why they continue to do it over and over now you can give that to somebody you don't have to not go to drugs. They're doing that because they have bitterness and really they have uh, a feeling that they want love from people they're not receiving. Uh, you can give them. You have that power within you to love them, even if it hurts a little. And that's called charity. That's why First Corinthians 13 is charity, it's not love. It's charity because we all need it. It takes effort. It takes so much effort at times that you might die on a cross to love somebody who tells them the truth. You know, it also takes a willingness to sacrifice. Whether it's time, talent, treasure, trust, and truth. You might have to be willing to put yourself on the line. You know, I was think to Lee Strobel not that long ago in an interview he did about how he said, uh, you know, God provides uh, miracles all the time. And he doesn't seem to be done by on merit. And I thought to myself, well, he doesn't do things based on what you think merit is, Lee Strobel. You're not God. <laughs> you don't get to see from his viewpoint. He sees it from the genuine sincerity of a person's heart, which none of us see. You know. So I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, regard that arrogance you know, a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's a little prideful, but you know, I, I go to myself. You know, we just gotta, we all gotta humble ourselves a little bit because you know. It's Already, already reconciled that the my brother. Uh, maybe you know he's already gone back and said, "Oh, well, that was a mistake saying that." You know, maybe he didn't have his coffee that morning. Not everything is a cat's game, but uh, some things are. We all have certain struggles, and you know, the, the, the biggest thing is to understand the difference between what's a cat's game and what's really, really, truly evil. Okay, so there's a difference between actual ignorance and militant. And even a person that's militantly ignorant may have some actual ignorance sometimes. So if you if you react to the actual ignorance of somebody who's militantly ignorant a lot, they'll go back to that militantly ignorant. <laughs> Just like somebody, if you uh, if they have a drug that they're on that they're uh, addicted to because of their like looking for that steady love, is that what happens if they come to you and they like seek help and you reject. They go back to the drug. And it's the same in every situation. It's that they're looking for love in all the wrong places. And so they react in fear that they're not going to get the love or they're they're not going to the other person is really not, you know, after caring about them, so they go back to the military. 
you know. So, uh, we're like, in that water, as Philo would say, all, you know, making splashes and trying to care about one another. Now, the thing is, is that none of us are perfect. Even this recording, I probably messed up at least three or four times. And we try, and we do our best. And that's all you can do, do your best before God. I'm sitting here this morning, I had to, in a few hours, I had to make two and a half car loads, one car load. The whole time I've been working nonstop almost the past three or four days. Um, I remember I was sleeping uh, uh, one night, a couple nights ago. My muscles were hurting so much that they were cramping because I hadn't had enough sleep. I had uh, I've been uh, taking care of myself that well because I had to get out of my of my apartment and uh, I had a deadline. Pretty much all of me. Uh, you know, different people canceled for different reasons at uh, different times. Um, there's a lot of, you know, uh, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, fear this, you're never going to get this done. And what happens is when people start believing those, they might walk away, then they justify that, uh, you know, oh, look, you know, you didn't get it done. Well, if you hadn't walked away, maybe I would have completed it. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, do what you got to do, but, you know, if a man has to stand alone and get it done, he will. He's got to, because he knows that you can count on him. You know, there, there are people that count on you. And if you're only uh, focused on yourself, then, you know, what happens is, is that, you know, people can't count on you. And, you know, we are all not, we're not codependent, we're not in, independent, we are interdependent. That narrow path in the middle. That, uh, you know, despite, you know, you wanting to be independent, you know, you're never going to be independent. You're always going to have to rely on your neighbors. You're going to have to rely on some sort of community. God made a community. And when we don't have community for a long time, <coughs> like not dating for a long time, not dated for a long time, get back to the dating scene, you realize it's a struggle, you gotta get used to it, you know, keep up those muscles. And it's a, it's a normal thing when we're, we have a, um, most everything that you think is abnormal is actually normal, and that's probably the hardest thing for people to reconcile today, whereas, you know, we would have 13 children, you know, 100 years or so ago, and you know, half of them would die from, you know, winter or different things, 150, 150, 200 years ago. Half of them would die just for illness, you know. Um, today, in the United States, if one child dies, 95% of those couples will will leave each other. It's one of the reasons I respect my mom and dad so much, because they, they lost a child. My dad um, got hurt in line of duty, and he stayed alive as a kid. And uh, my mom and dad uh, pursued uh, love for seven years of my dad being in the hospital before he passed, uh, just being ready to move on. Uh, you know, and I am quite honored to be their son. Uh, they pursue forward in grace and understanding and empathy of trying to move forward and reconcile what they did or could not have done better. Um, what they could do better. 
and see what they could do to fix things. In any case, um, what you do will matter not just in your lifespan, but in your child. You're like uh, software, and you're this version of software. Your child is the next version, and they're going to reconcile what you do, what you don't do, what you value, what you don't value. You, you, know, you put enough love and grace and faith, they will, like, as you, your seed dies, it's going to produce fruit. It's going to produce fruit so ripe that that, that fruit will not need uh, so much uh, care from other people. It'll be, it'll be ripe to uh, care for others and uh, you know, uh, produce a lot greater fruit. But it takes us willing to die for ourselves to look at other people, look for other people. You can look at Malcolm um, Gladwell's book where uh, he, he writes about a community where, where people are they're, they're all overweight and they're all going to, but they're all very, they're, they're very healthy. They move from one area of the world to the other. They're all very healthy, unbelievably healthy for, you know, the weight and stuff they are. And it's because they relax. They're that floating people in the pool. When they uh, go to their neighbor's house and said that they would sit down and just dinner it's because it's in a relaxed environment and that's the thing is that 80% of 89% of all uh, major health conditions have been with stress stress comes from a lack of love and a lack of leadership look at what looks like an abnormal situation call it normal it's normal when a person becomes bitter or angered or even you know overwhelmed with joy that they start seeing things differently and they start reading things differently. And even when you get scared, you can be on the phone with the customer service agent. And when they get scared or when they get mad at you, basically the conversation changes completely. They they may not believe anything. They, they may not even hear anything you say. And you, call, you can call it mental health. You can call it whatever you want. The reality is, uh, you know, you can call it life, that, that they need life coaching, they need a uh, psychologist. The reality is, is that it's all, it's all just a God. I mean, it's the same thing she's saying is that, you know, if you if you get angry, you get bitter in your soil, like everything gets twisted in how you interpret things. And that's just true. You know, we would have had is you know, with one child dying, if everybody, you know, throughout all history had one child die and ninety five percent of marriages failed, but you know, survival would never work. You know, because you need people to pursue through pain to reconcile that is the only way to really love. Because if you're always taking the easy path, you know, no one does the work. And if no one does the work, no one takes on the harder path, does the real work, well, everyone justifies, you know, oh, well, we don't, we don't have to like that person because he's not kind. Well, you know, he may not be kind, but your kindness may not be kind. You know, you may be being a jerk, not listening to the person because you think this, you're like telling them they're not teachable, you may not realize they're giving you higher wisdom and you're utterly ignoring them for your arrogance. Now in that same scenario with my moving, you see that happening, you reconcile it in your mind, well maybe I was wrong. Uh, you move forward, you apologize but you move forward. Um, you, you know, reconcile that, you know, eight, at least a percentage of your day you're going to mess up. Because you don't have the full purview. You know, 
know, watching the news today, I don't think I've seen anything. I don't, I don't see much of anything with a lot of truth. You know, but we all see through glass darkly. We all think that we know what we're doing, what's best. What happens is more often than not, we try to control anything. We try to control anything. What happens is we get humbled that we can't control it. Uh, uh, you know, every time there's socialism, there's always a revolt. And over time, you know, history's proven that it's a bigger problem. Anytime there's crony capitalism, what happens is, is that there's a problem in the free market. And the government says, well, you guys aren't playing fair, so I'm going to put this control thing in place. Now it has to come through me. But it's actually reliant on now the third person playing fair as well managing the other people who aren't supposedly playing fair. So it doesn't actually fix the problem. It creates a new one. Uh, there's no incentive for the other person to play fair. There's every incentive in the free market to play fair because if you don't, you know, people learn really quickly you're not going to play fair. And they, and they drown. You know, they, they, they don't want to deal with you and you don't know, make sales. Uh, that's a big deal if you're in the free market. It's, 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 you know, government is watching over it, then you have no incentive. The only incentive, it's like going to a psychologist. The only incentive you have to keep going to a psychologist is the psychologist telling you there's still an incentive to go. <clears throat> of course, there's always an incentive to go to a psychologist. There's always an incentive to go to a priest. Anytime, you know, you feel like you don't have enough grace in your life and you need uh, someone to listen to you, yeah, another drug to get hooked on and you know it's like telling a, a lawyer that you know uh, that you know they're justifying themselves sometimes people don't look for the solution sometimes people see a solution and they see more problems and they create more problems and it's not good uh, we all do that to a degree but not to a very vast degree to justify our jobs or whatnot. And that is a big problem because what happens is you get these no child left behind things where everybody's got to be equal and psychology buries people because it's really a pseudoscience that says, well, if there's any behavior that's wrong with you, I need to explain it and I need to rebrand God because bitterness and anger and stuff isn't enough say that if you stay angry so much you're going to go mad because that is madness you're so mad um, and that really you just need to calm down you need someone to love you but uh, you know we rebrand it because we need to explain it because it's not good enough that uh, you know we, we see it throughout history all of history and in the bible and everything else instead we relabel uh, you know, what we call a toxic person or a crazy person and those people we can't care about but then we have to care about those people who are, you know, just lost. And I go to myself, I'm like, those two people are the same. <laughs> you know, I, it's just, that's the same person you're talking about, but you're justifying it, ignoring one person and seeking to love the other. And I get it, it's hard. The person's got to want to seek love. That's the thing, is that we're all seeking love. We don't often always know that's what we're seeking. Sometimes, we think money is love or, or, or that we think that uh, uh, a drug is love or we think that, uh, you know, control is really love or that, uh, you know, we, we have these blinders on 
where we think we have a solution, but we might actually create more problems. Uh, so I, I've been given all these solutions, and I found some to be effective and some, you know, more to be a hindrance. And really, it's been rooted in what's fear or faith, and, and really, it's also what's in my own purview. I can't tell you how many people I know or I have met where you have to, I have to go to a process with them because they can't believe what I'm saying is true. Now, here's the thing is that fake news or the news is so far out of whack, <coughs> you're going to get, um, I mean, you're never going to get 100% truth from the news because it's, you know, already they're speaking false witnesses and giving the news most of the time, you know. And so, but, uh, or gossip, you don't know necessarily. But uh, also, on the other side, on the other side, you look to these uh, conspiracy theories, and although you know there's a lot of it, I are like maybe 50 percent or more is way off base. It has way more truth than it in the news, hands down, way more truth. You know, and so if you are going to say, well, those people are nuts, you know, you know they're listening into all our conversations. I mean, my God. They are. Not only are they, but there's other companies that are, and they, they do stuff with the data. And, I mean, don't be naive. <laughs> it's one thing to say that, uh, you know, they're benevolent, and I, I say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to know. You know, I have grace, so I don't need to know. But I do need to know so much that, uh, you know, that I look at, are they reacting in fear or by faith? Are they controlling it? They, they're out of fear. They're like, oh, we got to control this. Uh, what's happening? Because once the company starts doing that, they start manipulating their advertising to make them look better than they are. They start making their customer service terrible to try to enforce you never to be able to be and try to and, and really that fear is what makes people push back. They push away from it. You know, if you don't make it easy and let them, you know, see love from going to make it hard for them to walk away, well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe they'll never come back. That's the thing, you know, it's like uh, that thing that Abraham did when God gave him a son. Uh, you know, God had said, I want, I want you to get your son. It was the thing you loved most and you wanted to know he was willing to give it up. To be willing, you had to give up what you wanted most. Himself that he would. He kept moving forward by faith. He did not know necessarily what God was deciding. He gets up there and he tells his son, his son has to go. He says, Where are we going? What are we going to sacrifice? God provides. And so the thing is, is that we're under God. We see through a glass darkly, so it's very hard to tell when somebody's being militantly or ignorant in any given moment. And you don't want to go back. You don't. You know, when somebody is a, is a drug addict and they're coming to you for help, you don't want to, like, dismiss them and say, well, you know, I, I'd love to help you. But here's the thing. There's always ways you can mitigate this. You don't have to assume that the militantly ignorant guy most of the time suddenly, you know, being militant. Maybe he's just being ignorant. You mitigate that risk. You take away the caffeine. You know, this person can just go back and do drugs again if I forgive him. Take away the cat game and put in place, um, you know, boundaries and protocols for people to show back their loyalty over time. And you 
could still show them that data and that grade within that. And you could just, uh, you know, understand that you've got to play your part and you don't have to play every part with them. You know? There's a lot of people in the kingdom and not all of us play well together because, you know, for X, Y, Z reasons, you know, New York English is not the same as English. And, you know, some people, when they have a culture of friends, you know, mess around, um, but they get really pissed off on, you know, certain issues. Well, you know, if you're new in that environment, you're not going to know what their buttons are and how, who might be trying to care for who um, in regards to what they're going through. But, uh, you know, tackle other people, justify tackling, you know, a new person because he calls out the right issue with somebody. Um, because, you know, you stand to be the crux between both people, and you care about them both, because if you, you know, don't, are so afraid of confronting somebody for the sake of their feelings, I mean, you end up being manipulated by your kids and everything else, when, you know, they want something, you're going to be people-pleasing. You can't do that. you got to lift up somebody in the, in the faith and the grace that they are, and who they're made to be, and love them. Because every control that we put in place, you know, we, we think lying is the best way to get what we want, you know, we're fooling ourselves, really. And, you know, uh, go back to when Donald Trump and the Pope, Pope was in Mexico talking about, he was asked a question by a reporter about a wall. The Pope had no idea necessarily what he was really to or something, he wasn't trying to go off false witness, um, so he talked about something uh, esoteric about building walls and bridges, he was talking about relationships with people, not necessarily like a border wall in, in Mexico, he was actually talking but, uh, you know, the, the press reported and chopped it up about it a certain way, and then Trump replied uh, to it in that regard. And Trump listened to it at length, and later that night, in his uh, at his uh, town hall, he uh, he took it in and he said, "You know, you guys really messed that up. You know, the Pope really didn't say anything bad about me. You know, he, 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 you know I mean, when the Pope talks about when the Pope talks about how you know there's." Or, or when the Pope doesn't know what's going on with somebody in regards to child uh, molest or whatnot, and he gets on the ground and he makes a decision in releasing something, uh, some boundaries or whatnot, he doesn't—he's not necessarily responsible for what happened. He is to a degree, but not to a full degree, because somebody else did the actual act. You know, he's the green, but they did the end. Here's the thing. Here's the thing: is that the Pope is capable of misjudgment. We all are, because we can have a greater capacity of understanding, but we're all going to mess up so many times a day. We can have a greater wisdom, greater empathy, greater love, but none of us are perfect. And that's the whole point of grace, is that without without control, whenever you control something, things get worse, like that government, the, the different, uh, every situation we talked about is uh, supporting. But here's the thing, as, um, 
as you release control and ask to give grace and make that your focus, that naturally things get better on their own <coughs> faster. And if, you know, the world for the reactionary, those same people unwilling to give grace, um, tackle those, you know, who are harming, sometimes that might need to happen. It might. You know, but you should always give the grace that you want to receive because otherwise you're never going to get it. Just like if you, um, you know, want people to obey you, you should be willing to obey others. If you want to, you want to judge them, you want to judge somebody and what their relationship is like with the Lord as they are as a Christian, you should expect that same judgment from other people. And not be mad when, uh, so, the quickest way I find to relax is to find a person, find a person who's you know, willing to be in the arm hold and tap out, get them out to, to wake them up. To, you gotta wake people up to you know, God's in control, whether we want it or not going to have his way. So it's only best to get on board with his way. Suffer harm. It's not necessary. Because it's not always necessary to speak into somebody's issue. Like the guy who's saying is asking which neighbor should I love or hurt me. He's really trying to avoid loving people. He just throws the question back on him. You know, who do you think your neighbor the guy's got to go reconcile with God. You know, God, Jesus, tag his apartment. Jesus doesn't have to deal with the fact that if he had spoken of, of what the truth was, that person that he didn't really have a relationship with, or didn't really seem very humble or open, kind of reacted to what he was saying. He uh, then avoided, you know, speaking into somebody else's situation, which usually will only get blowback and defensiveness about how they didn't know this or that, because it's true, you don't know but you can still tell somewhat principally what's going on, and then you still have, you know, grace, and you don't know everything, and you can't. So that's why if you don't know somebody really deeply, you know, people are feeling like you're judging them, like they, they're Leviticus, like you're opening the Bible and judging Leviticus, of the whole Bible. And, you know, people are more deaf than that. You've got to establish a pattern where you can really know if somebody's ignorant or not that ignorant at that time. The willingness to sacrifice time to know you know, you're only looking for your 12. You, don't, you can't know everybody very deeply. You're only looking for your 12 and then let them, you know, deeply know other people. You want the people that, you know, reconcile who you are, where you are, make you a better person, and you make them, you know, to, to love people where you're at, where they're at, and, you know, continue to pursue because faith and grace takes a lot, and some of us get buried sometimes, uh, if, if, they don't, if you don't have that lifeline, they don't have that lifeline, give them that lifeline, pull them out of the water, and get them in the helicopter, and then teach them how to dive after other people, you know, it doesn't take much to care about somebody. Time, 
somebody, I mean, on halftime, giving them that grace you want to receive, what anger you know, allows that wave that seems so big at the time to get much smaller. Most people do not have room in their brain to keep both the good and the bad memories of somebody. That's why temperance is so important. That you know, love somebody despite the circumstances will always change, always change. And if you judge people based on circumstances, you may not reconcile, you know, why you might be poor and think, you know, rich hate you, or that why you're rich and you think poor hate you. Neither. They both want you to see the other as a person first has just as much time in varying when you like hear what it is their intentions are when you don't know. Or that uh, they may have intentions that are actually poor. And, uh, you know, judging between righteous frustration for you not willing to listen or believe uh, versus somebody who, you know, is uh, actually angry because they're acting out it's a very hard thing, you know. A righteously frustrated person doesn't understand that that's an awful kind of situation the ancient. And they just need to be led to realize that what is happening often. And then they can calm themselves before you be okay. They may have had a lot of struggle in the past. Um, you know, people making ways around them. So, you know, caring for them, loving them love to cast out that fear. So, we all take on that which we can at any given moment. But, you know, not everything is a cascade. If you spend, you know, if you spend no money and talk to 10 people and you get, or 30 people and get, or 100 people and get one success, that's pretty good. You spend $100 million and get one success, talking hundreds of thousands of people get one success, statistically, that is the worst failure in all of history. <laughs> worst, that's worse than socialism. Socialism is not that bad. <laughs> it's, it's a statistic impossibility. Uh, it, it, I, I guess the, the, the equivalent would be um, you know, a study where they tested to, to verify that arsenic was going to be deadly for you. But, you know, arsenic not necessarily deadly for you, it's only deadly to like, you know, just caffeine is deadly to, you know, have on your skin and it's your, you know, there's, there's uses for arsenic outside the bone. But, you know, just, uh, you always got to look, you know, what can be good, what can be good, something good, you know, because, you know, temperance, the moderation, keeps life. But, uh, are starved. Are starved with love. Starved. But you can in that moment care for them. God put them in front of you for Figure out what it is. You don't need to be served great steak. Looking for what burnt toast is. Do something good with it. God is going to bless you for it. It's an opportunity for you. Find it. It's hard. I hear you. Always fail. Don't let the battle get between you. 
somebody asked me uh, once, uh, I saw there's only going to be positive in this situation, and I went out and sacrificed for And you know what? At the end of it, I said, you know, I'm not God, though. You know, they may, the people that I'm sacrificing for, you know, I may, I may lose what I'm sacrificing for, and they may twist it to, to how I was really determined at all, and I ruined everything. And, you know, I have to be okay with it. Still diving on the grenade doing what's right. I may dive on the grenade and do what's right to save everybody's life. And they may not reconcile until long after I'm gone. Now they here. They really are all laughing about the one guy who dived on the grenade to try to save their life. You know, and they're complaining about, oh well, I got this little trap on my leg. How dare he? I would have just died. <laughs> that would have been over with. And without looking at the good that they're alive and they're gonna you know, move their kids life and wait to death and death because we couldn't be happy. We couldn't be happy. And they can't even be thankful for the guy who saved their life. But in truth, the guy that has your name to save your life you should have greater qualities and more importance in your life. That's what you should do. You have a greater sense of purpose to do something really good. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.